With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, this is Mike Badano. And you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks on 365 Sportscast Radio Network. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Everything going okay? It's going great. Going great or just going okay? It's going great. That's why I said great instead of okay. Great? It's called word selection. You sound so monotone. What's wrong with you? Anyway, thanks. You're welcome. Go into the intro. <laughs> welcome to Sarcastic Remarks. Uh, along with Chris Chambers, I am Ryan Chambers. Uh, we are two uh, gentlemen who live in the state of Texas. Who unfortunately, <laughs> shut gentlemen, up, shut up. We are we are gentlemen. We are not boys. We are gentlemen. Well, you're still a boy. How about that? I'm the I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a man. You're just a boy. Uh-huh. Bro, I'm bigger and stronger than you. What the heck? Hey, I'm seven years older. That's all that counts. Okay. And anyways, <laughs> we live in a state where uh, football is king and hockey is on the back burner, but not for us and not for this show. Um, Warner. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff uh, to talk about today. Um, we are currently in two different locations. So Chris is located in uh, College Station where he goes to Texas A&M, and I am currently in West Texas on the road so uh we're doing this remotely and we hope you guys enjoy this uh we're going to talk about the two games uh for this from this past weekend um one of them just ended in a two to one shootout win for the stars the first win out of six when it goes into overtime or in the shootout and then uh also uh we'll, we'll talk about the loss uh from saturday and then there seems to be a goaltender controversy stewing up in Texas. So we'll talk about that for a little bit. And and if we got a little bit of time, uh, we'll also take a look and see if the top four in the Central Division are really as tight as some people say that they are, which uh, if you look at the standings, it may be that case. But uh, since we're a Stars team podcast, we like to think that that's not the case. And we're going to we're going to look at the positives and uh, look on the non-pessimistic side and hope for the best for the stars. So, anyway, Chris, uh, you got any opening remarks before we get started? Uh, Otter is a good goalie. He did good this weekend. 
Yeah, so I thought that was the most interesting decision from this uh, from this team. I, honestly, I was expecting Hudobin in this. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, yeah. To be honest, Saturday wasn't like his best start. I know a lot of people like in the Facebook groups were saying like they were soft goals. Like they weren't necessarily like soft goals. I mean, they were good shots. They were savable, but that doesn't mean like he let he he didn't let the goal in, but. You know, he let in four goals in all in the game, technically, so I was surprised that he was in there too, but apparently they're they're trusting they're trusting the stats really, because he only has one regulation loss and that continues today. So Well and that that we'll bring that up here a little bit later, but let's just talk about the game in general. Um so special teams were not an issue this whole weekend. <laughs> uh, there. So after we complain, it's almost like they were listening to our podcast and said, "Okay, guys, right. we'll listen." Uh, but there were no penalties on Saturday, not one, not a single zero one. And then today, sixty-five minutes of hockey, and there were no infractions. I don't believe that, but okay. Right. And then for the for the stars, uh, for today, the stars had one, and the Blue Jackets had one. So I don't. Is it, it? Here's a question for you, because um, th- there have been a lot of issues with this this season with referees, and you know that they there's some referees that call 20 minutes in power plays. There's some referees that call nothing, just like the past two games. And uh, so, do you think that the problem in the NHL when it comes to calling penalties and being consistent from time to time? is a referee thing and the referee should figure that out or should that be like a upper management kind of thing and and maybe the the quote-unquote chief of the refs can figure that out well first of all i don't think that the two penalties this weekend was a coincidence i guarantee somebody on the stars jim nil bones whoever talked to somebody who's in charge of officiating and said that 10 power plays is ridiculous because it was it it was stupid it made the game dumb is what it did and i think that's why we get the response of having (laughs) two power plays in what 125 minutes no 130 minutes of hockey because we had two overtimes but yeah so uh, obviously this was a response to (laughs) angry dallas stars management but i think just overall this season the officiating has not been consistent between divisions as it been consistent between crews it's it and if there is only one like trend kind of is that they're calling everything <laughs> so or nothing well not really this is the only time they've called nothing this whole season and that's because there was 20 there was statistically 20 p- penalty minutes <laughs> in the last game so I don't think that they ever are doing enough. Like I can't remember a time when we went two games with two power plays between both teams. So I, I think overall the trend is to call lots of penalties, and the stars were just pissed off, and the rest were like, "Yeah, okay, it's kind of stupid." Well, here's another question for you because I honestly felt like the end of the game on uh, on Saturday when we when we lost in overtime, four seconds left. The only reason why uh, Zakorinsky was open, in my opinion, was because there was a pick play. That's interference. And I felt like there was yeah. interference on the play. But, of course, they're not going to call it in overtime with four seconds left 
on top of the fact that they haven't called penalties the entire game. So yeah, and so honestly, but, I prefer that. I prefer that to the 20 penalty minutes against Chicago. I'd rather lose that way and not have the game be decided solely because of special teams than to have the game mattered solely on special teams. So I prefer that. Well, and But that's fine and everything, but what makes the game interesting and what makes it fun is the fact that there are special teams. So... There, so I, I guess basically what we need to do is we need to find a healthy medium, and we've seen the extremes on both sides in the, the game against Chicago. Uh, where was it, Chicago? Whatever game, yeah, it was against Chicago, where there were ten penalties, and then the past two games where we've seen like no penalties called, two penalties in the past two games, one for each side, and. Uh, Okay, so we we talked about that, but let's look on the other side. We we talked kind of about how the Stars seem to be doing really well five on five, right? And you could say that the that that the special teams have kind of let us down, especially the penalty kill. Yeah. Well, we got that option here this weekend where there were no penalties, and we basically played five on five the entire time. But we still come out with only a shootout win. In an overtime loss, so I mean three out of four points. I mean <laughs> right, well, but I mean, and that's great and everything, but it's not the not the way that I was expecting it to go if we were playing five on five the way that we have in the past. the The past before these two games, the previous four or five games before that. So it, it, it's just a matter of consistency. This is the, that's the word of the year for this team: just being consistent with every single thing, every single time. Yeah, well, I mean, especially the thing that's fallen apart this weekend has been, like, defense on on the rush. So, like, when Columbus is on an odd man rush, or even just a, a, a even man rush. Like, uh, let, let me think. So, three out of Columbus's four goals this weekend were on the rush. The other one was off of a face-off. So, like... Obviously, there's an issue with with goals happening on the rush, and there's been multiple other times where there's been very scary chances on the rush. Like our standard defense, where the other team is set up, I believe is pretty much solid. But on the rush, for whatever reason, we're just falling apart. Like maybe back checkers aren't coming back hard enough. I'm not sure what it is, but it seems like passes just go through our skates and just bounce weirdly straight back to the to the opponent. But it's been an obvious trend this weekend and a little bit in the Chicago games that the defense on the rush has been bad. Well, it's been really interesting just because it seems like we haven't had any luck this season. Almost like we <laughs> used all of our luck in the bubble playoffs. And then this season, when we feel like we're playing well, there's one mistake we make and it goes in the back of our net. And yeah. Well, maybe... and that's, that's what happens on the rush, though. Like... Right. When a, when a team is going on the rush, they're more likely to score because they have the speed going into the net. It's hard to make a save. Goalie has to be moving backwards with the players. So it it's more likely to score on on, on like the, the random chances that the other team gets if they're coming off the rush. And that's why we were so good on defense last season is because our back checkers would pretty much take anything that they had away. Like you pretty much got one pass and a shot or you just had a shot on the rush. And that's all that we would give. But this season, it seems like we're giving a lot more. We're giving up the the late man coming in is getting chances a lot of the time, especially right now. But 
Yeah, they got they got to figure that out because that's definitely been the trend. I'd say the past three games. So uh, one of the stats I was going to talk about, honestly, before uh, today's game, was the fact that Ottinger has gone to overtime five times, and he had lost all five previous before today. And yep, w- one of the one of the crazy stats, if you go and look on Twitter and on Facebook and all these other places was the fact that out of 11 one-goal games that the Stars have played this year, they've only won two. Two. Which is the opposite from last season. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't and I don't know what the what the issue is here, but I, I think oh, the, I do. It, it comes from... Okay, go ahead and say it, and I'll, I'll say my part. <laughs> Sagan, Radulov, and Rope Hintz. Like, Sagan's not in every game. He would win a lot of those one-goal games. Radulov's not... He just got back. He would win a lot of those one-goal games. Rope Hintz would win a lot of those one-goal games. You take those three players out of the lineup, and yeah, it's no wonder you're trying... It's hard to find a goal at the end of the game. Like, with those guys in, that's three more very dangerous threats that are very likely to score a goal at the end of the 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 game, I think. Right, so, uh, since you go ahead... Since you went ahead and mentioned it, let's go ahead and talk about Alexander Radulov. Uh, he looked refreshed tonight. He looked oh, yeah. great. He looked good all night. Yeah. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for how great Corpusalo was playing, then I, I I think he would have had a goal. But yeah, and uh, he kept going to that or backhand. At least a point. He kept going to that backhand about three or four times today, and that's hey, his thing. It went that's in. That's his thing, and it finally <laughs> went in that last uh, when it counted, and. Uh, that's something that the Stars have been missing this whole season. And uh, that comes back to those players being out uh, with Rope Hintz and uh, being in and out of the lineup, although he was in today. I know it was so nice to see uh, Rope Hintz, Radulov, and Robertson on the line. They actually look pretty good. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I prefer having Gurionov on the, on the line with them, just as a personal preference, but yeah, whatever. But I- anyway, I feel like Radulov this game – played kind of the way that we that we'd say like beast mode Ben plays, right? Like he just takes the puck and decides he's going to make a play. And that's the way he was playing today. I thought I thought it was great. I thought he was fantastic. He was making things happen every shift that he was in the offensive zone, which is where he lives, of course. He's not a a, def- a two-way forward at all. But he he did what he had to do and he he made more offense for, for the Stars without a doubt. Well, I I love the fact that he he just seemed to be jumping on the puck like all the time this game, just just consistently all over the ice. He was in the other team's you know uh, grill. And grill. What did I say? Nothing. Nothing. You just couldn't think of it, so I said uh, it for you. Hey, I said it. I said it. I said it. Okay. So, anyways, uh, honestly, uh, let's talk about Jay Gottinger a little bit. And then we'll talk about the goaltending controversy a little later. But uh, specifically, let's talk about uh, Jay Cottinger in these past two games and how he's done. Uh, absolutely fantastic. I don't know what else to say about uh, a rookie goaltender. He's only 21 years old. He gets thrown into a situation where, you know, that's really what the Stars rely on a ton is elite goaltending from two goaltenders, not just one. And uh, he's kind of proven his way into the uh, Stars lineup. Yeah, I, I mean, you kind of need to give him what, what what he deserves on the Saturday game. He he didn't play great that game. He he played good enough, which is why we got to overtime. 
but he didn't like the second and third goals they could have been stopped like if he does stop one of those like we probably win the game like well we definitely win the game obviously because <laughs> we went to overtime but it, that's just and that's what we've been talking about this whole season right is like Ottinger's not the guy who's going to make the big save to win you the game, but he's also not going to be the reason you lose. So I, I think, but I think the only way for him to figure out how to win games is for him to play in them more. And I think he did that tonight. I thought he made some pretty fantastic saves. That glove save off the rush was amazing. That was fantastic. I think that was one of his best saves he's had of the season so far. So I think the more he plays, the better he's going to get in the, the more impact he's going to make on these games. So Saturday, he definitely doesn't deserve to be called outstanding and great. Like, for a rookie, he's great. But, like, if you're a hockey player, you don't want that to be the reason why someone's giving you a compliment. But on Sunday, he was just a great hockey player and was probably the best style star on the ice. Right. And uh, he, he's made he, – he didn't make a ton of saves – um, on Saturday, I think he only made 22 out of the four shots that he faced. So he, yeah, he, he saved 22, he... and he didn't play great. And then he, you know, and then I was really worried about this when he started the second game because uh, we did that with Ottinger four games ago. He started two in a row. The first one, he looked great. He got the shot out. The second one, he sucked it up, right? And then mm-hmm. and then Tuesday and Thursday, Dobby got to get the starts gets the starts, plays great on Tuesday, sucks on Thursday, right? So I thought this was just going to follow the same pattern with this weekend. But he yeah. he, sh- he showed differently. It, it, it was different. Well, he he kind of flipped it. I mean, Saturday he didn't he, – he definitely didn't play bad on Saturday. He played good. Like, he played Decent. good enough to win, like, like we said. Yeah, yeah, he gave his team a chance to win even though they weren't uh, but Sunday, scoring he, goals. Yeah, Sunday he he definitely was a, a major factor in that game in the win. Just big saves throughout the game. Really, especially in the second period, like there was many chances the Blue Jackets had to to score a goal there, and that could have completely shifted the game. Like a, a goal there when they had all that momentum, would, what could have been deadly. But he held on to, during during that onslaught. So yeah, I think he was fantastic on Sunday. But again, he just needs to play more, I, and I think he's earned the he's earned the games. Obviously, I mean. Doby's obviously struggling. Well, I wouldn't even really say struggling. I think he's fallen back to earth <laughs> from from the playoffs in the beginning of the season where he was outstanding. He's fallen back to kind of normal Dobby, and I think Ottinger deserves to split the time with him right now and until one of them shows that they definitely deserve to be the number one. Okay, so how do you split the starts, though? Do you go 1-1-1-1, one, one, or do you go... You just ride one until they lose really badly and then go to the other one after that? Or how, what do you do? I think you keep doing what you're doing. I think in the in the middle of the week when you have the days off, you can keep flipping them like you were. And, like, I honestly feel like playing them back-to-back, unless they've had a really, like, so if they have a tough Saturday, like they, play, they face 30-plus shots, you don't play them on Sunday probably. But, like, if they're good to go on a back-to-back, like, keep them in there. Try and get them some, try and get them some energy because – I mean, if you can, if you can get one of them like on a hot streak, that that could that could do a lot to get us these games back that we need. And, and I know everyone's talking about like, oh, we're out of it, we're we're pretty much out of it. But it, again, we went on a pretty deep losing streak. We can go on a pretty good winning streak too. Like that that's how the stars operate. is is very streaky, very hot and cold. So it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. So if we can find a way to get one of them hot and get us onto that streak, 
we can sneak back into the playoff picture real quick. Well, and then even when you think about the last season, uh, to your point, Chris, the beginning of the season, we started 1-7-1, then we started went on that 14-1-1 tear, and then like right before COVID hit and shut everything down, they had lost the previous, like, what, four or five? And that, Ranger, that yeah, Rangers game was, like, the fifth one there. or something. And then they go in the playoffs and absolutely demolish everybody. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't say demolish. They play well, and, and they were hot. So you're, you're exactly right uh, when it comes to that. Um, yeah, and that's, one of the, that's just the way with the team. That's the way with the players. That's the way with both goalies. Like, that's just the way the team goes. I don't know if it's due to age. Like, maybe age has something to do with it. I have no idea. But just for some reason, that's the way the stars work. So I, I feel like a, a winning streak is not, like, far-fetched at all. I think it's more likely than not, actually. Well, we also thought that after the past couple games, especially after the the 1,000th game of Kane, so the, the first game against the Blackhawks on Tuesday, we thought that was going to be a turning point, and obviously that wasn't. And uh, I don't know. Maybe this is the turning point that we're we're starting to run out of chances <laughs> where there's there's not going to be a turning point. And the, I yeah, mean, well, we have well, to do it soon. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, is you're trying to find any reason to be a turning point. Like, might as well right now, Alexander Radulov. He's the turning point. We've only lost one game in regulation when Radulov was in the lineup. So, like, even as a player, you're thinking, why not Radulov be the turning point and turn the season around there? Like, there's no reason it shouldn't be. So you just got to find a reason to to get on the hot streak just mentally. Like, it doesn't have to truly be the reason. Like, I don't think just Alexander Radulov playing in the game will will automatically make us a, a contender for the Cup. But like, it, sure it doesn't make us a great sure doesn't team. hurt. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hurt. And if you can make that up in your head like that's the reason and then it translates onto the ice, why not? So, uh, real quick, back to the Ottinger thing, because I thought about this before I went on that rant, that tangent there. Um, one of the things that uh, Owen Newkirk and Bruce Levine were talking about on the postgame show was uh, about Ottinger and about Hudobin, because that seems to be a hot topic with the Stars right now. Um, obviously, I think age is going to become a factor in this, right? So, Dobby is 34, 35, and Ottinger is 21, 22. One of the two. Uh, I can't remember the exact age. 22. 22. And then Dobby's 34 or 35. The reason why Ottinger was able to do a back-to-back like this was because, one, we didn't travel, and, two, he's 22. So he can he can do those sort of things, unlike Dobby can. So I think Dobby can do it. I just think it's easier for Otter. Like, honestly, I think Otter could do. Energy-wise, yeah. I think it definitely is. Yeah, I think Otter could do, like, 235 save nights in a row, and it wouldn't really bug him because, like, again, he's got the young body. He's not worn down like Dobie is. But, I mean, Dobie obviously can do it. He's done it once this season already. But it, it's more about earning the time now because Dobie hasn't been playing fantastic. Otter has been playing better than expected, and I think they're pr- pretty even right now on their play. So, like, competition, like, iron sharpens iron, so make that a competition. Make them earn their time. So have them battle it out. I think they've both been playing good, and hopefully while they're battling it out, one of them starts playing great. That's what you're hoping for right now. 
so he, all right so here's the goaltending controversy uh we we've kind of already ventured into it already but well no 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 not yet not yet not, not yet, yet. We gotta okay talk about the stats okay okay all right well let me let me finish this off real quick because uh, honestly for me i think that uh ottinger should get more of the starts right now based off of how he's played and specifically the not stats. yet and he just gives his hot take Whatever. Well, I think the way that it should go right now, until unless we see Dobby play better, which we haven't. Honestly, he had the one good game against Chicago, where he kept us in, and if it was like two to one, and he made a couple of big stops in that Tuesday game. But that Thursday game, I don't know, three goals on four shots in the second period. That really, he sucked in the Thursday game. Right. We we don't not know. He sucked. (laughs) So. The way I would do it, and maybe it's strictly to your point, both goalies are playing decent enough right now. And Dobby is just not as consistent, probably because of his age and probably because of the schedule. So here's my solution to this and what I think we should do with the Stars. What I honestly think we should do is we should let Ottinger play two out of three and let Dobby play one. And not because specifically because Otter is the better goaltender 100% right now, which I think he is the better goaltender right now out of the two. But I think it's just because he's younger and he can handle those sort of things. What do you think? I mean, I feel like that's more... I I, I feel like that's more of an emotional response than anything. Because I feel like as soon as Otter has a bad game, you're going to be like, oh, why why are we playing Otter in more games than Doby? Doby's making so much money, blah, 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 blah. So I think that's... (laughs) To this weekend, if you only look look and see that, if you only see how Dobby played on Thursday and then how Otter played on the weekend, I would agree. But I think overall right now, they deserve to be splitting time. So however that looks, if Bones wants it to do it by whoever's playing well, so Otter played well this weekend, maybe he just keeps putting him in there, puts him in Tuesday against Tampa Bay. Maybe he, Or maybe they just make a 50-50 schedule like they had with uh, Lettinen and uh, Niemi. And just have them. Or you're playing today. Get ready for this game because that's who you're going to play. How, however, they decide to do it. I think it should be pretty much split fifty-fifty until one of them, like, distinctly shows that they are playing better over a long period of time. So I don't think you can figure that out in a week because I don't because I don't think this time last week we were saying the same thing about Otter. We weren't saying oh he should be the starter because he didn't show that yet. But he just, he had a great weekend. Well, he had a great Sunday and a decent Saturday. I'm going to keep saying that because Saturday he wasn't great. But I think that's more emotional than rational. So split 50-50, Ryan thinks that Otter should just go ahead and play most of the games. And he's wrong. 67 or 66-33. There you go. 67. Split it 67. No, no, no. 67-67-33. Got to let me finish talking there, Chris. You're a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) all right so before we get to the the long-term goalie controversy that i'm kind of interested about i want to get into a little bit of the stats here sure so so for the for the saturday the saturday 4-3 loss again losing in the final seconds of overtime that sucks but that hurts more than anything honestly yeah when we lose so many after regulation kind of expect it so first of all, the first thing I want to talk about is face-offs. We sucked. That's embarrassing. And and, pre- 
it, it's hard to put it on Foxa because he still had 50%. But, like, for Foxa, 50% isn't a great night. Maybe they just had someone going against him every night that was that, that had his number. I don't know. But I feel like Fox has got to be, like, a go-to guy for face-offs this season, especially with Sagan out. But uh, I also want to talk about the FCC line that game was fantastic. Well, they were e- good. Each one of them had two, had two points. Well, they were good today, too. Uh, uh, in today's yeah. afternoon game, but especially offensively on Saturday, they, they, they were they were fantastic. They they had chances all night, and Cogliano kept kept doing what Cogliano does. He he if he gets the puck in the offensive zone, he just shoots, and this time it worked out. So I think that's great for Cogs. I think that's all he has to do. If he if he finds himself with a puck, and he's in the offensive zone, why not just throw it at the net? And he hits the net every time. Like give him credit. It's not always great shot a lot of time it's into the logo but he hits the net who cares so well exactly. i mean remember at the Get beginning the- you remember at the i mean i think it might have been like two or three weeks ago we were sitting there complaining about the fact that they weren't getting any shots on net well now it seems yeah. we've been out shooting the opposition for the past four or five games which is and awesome we've been winning more <gasps> no way <laughs> what a shock it's almost like we know what we're talking about but we need that. So yeah, uh, they're shooting the puck more, and that's mega good. We need to put also, that. Also, Jason Robertson didn't have any points that game, but he did have the most shots on goal with four, which is great. He needs to keep on shooting and shooting a lot because he's he's got a scoring touch. So that's been great. Sekera, did you see that? Did you see his slap shot? He sh- he scored a goal. Yeah, off the slap shot. Did you see it? Yes, it was fantastic. Yeah. Why doesn't he do that more? That was hard. I know. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. do that more, Sekera. I liked that. Yeah, I don't know what the deal was with that, but I thought that was absolutely awesome. So yeah. All right. All, all the all the other team stats on that were were pretty even, except for blocks because the shots had because because the, the shots had more stars attempts. The stars had more shot attempts overall, but somehow ended up only four more, and the stars just overall had the puck more, which again is like. So the Stars had the puck more, so they had less giveaways than the Blue Jackets. And again, that's why we feel like we're playing better in these games. And again, I I felt like we deserved to win Saturday. So it, it's frustrating. I don't know what it is. I think it's just because we don't have enough goal scorers like we normally do. But I think having Rad's back and hopefully Hintz, Hintz seems like he's playing more too. So if Hintz is playing more, that'll help out too. Um. Also, our, our defense has just been solid throughout this whole drought as well. I'd just like to give them credit because they've had less credit so far. And Gurionov gets out of his scoring slump on Saturday, which was fantastic. We like that. Well, and then when you look at the time All on right. ice, look at the time on ice for defensemen. For the top four, oh, yeah. Mira Haskinen, 25 minutes, 37 seconds. Klingberg, 25 minutes, 46 seconds. So that's 50 minutes out of the 60, 65 minutes of the game where one of the two of them were on the ice. Uh, Jamie Alexia, th- 22 minutes and 14 seconds. Uh, I mean... It- yeah, and that's how it should be. Lean I on mean, the top four. We have, yeah, I think our top four is the best of anybody. But I also think our bottom two is, like, one of the worst. So th- we should feel no shame in putting our demon in there a lot because obviously they can do it. Like, they did it all throughout the playoffs in much tougher hockey they can do it here, and it's split pretty evenly be- between the top four, too. I honestly wouldn't mind Alexiak playing a little bit more there, too, but I know that's kind of just because when we need a goal, 
Haskin and Klingberg are going need out to be there on together. The ice. Yeah, they need yeah. to be on the ice. So that kind of makes sense. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing like Alexiak Lindell sometimes if there's a big defensive zone that we need to shut down. So, so it, it, I, I think our defense might have been great in conclusion of that. Let me point out one other thing because I thought this was really interesting with uh, the time on ice for all the forwards. Guess who led all the forwards with time on ice on Saturday's game? Uh, Joe Pavelski. You would think. Nope. Jason Robertson. Nope. Who? Jason Dickinson. Interesting, right? I don't like that. It, but isn't that interesting, <laughs> though? That I, I think that's extremely interesting because Jason Dickinson is one guy that I love. He's one of my favorite players on the Stars just because he does so much for the Stars in several different aspects of the game. Uh, on on the power play, on the penalty kill, five on five, he can be on the first line, the second line, he's played on on the third line, fourth line, and yet he seems to do okay or well in all the situations he's placed in, and that tells me right there is that if you want to look at who the coach trusts more than anybody, you look at their ice time. Jason Dickinson, yeah, led all led I all forward. I disagree with the coach's decision there, but you know whatever. <laughs> He's, I, I'm, you know what, just for that, I'm going to get Ed Jersey with Dickinson on the back. Oh, gosh, you better not because he's gone this season. Uh, no, he's not. <laughs> he, he, he's coming back. What kind of jersey should I get? Should I get the reverse retro? Oh, we're finally going to see the reverse retro jerseys. Finally. Uh, should I get the reverse retro jersey or the blackout? Which one? The, the blackout. The blackout. Yeah, probably. Okay. Anyways, uh, well, anyway, so let's talk about some of the stats from Sunday's game. Uh, what stands out to you there, Christian? The face-offs. Again. Holy garbage. <laughs> Holy garbage. <laughs> Roddick Foxa, 31%. So I think I think someone on, on the Blue Jackets, like, figured something out against Foxa. Now, hopefully nobody team. else has... Yeah, <laughs> hopefully nobody else has figured it out, but <laughs> whoever they've got going against Foxa has got his number. So that was not good. Pavelski did well. Hence sucked, but that's normal. <laughs> no, nobody else really did anything. Um, the other thing was uh, with shots on goal, we were leading by a lot, and then it just all of a sudden went away. So, And well, overall, there was just lots of shots by both teams, which was surprising. Well, it's Especially when there was only two goals. <laughs> now, the nice thing about what I appreciated from Otter, and we're back on Otter again, is... This team has been very momentous, for lack of a better term. I can't think of the right word. So I don't think that's the right word. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, whether the momentum is going against them or is going for them, they are very m- momentous. <laughs> they're, they're reliant on the way the momentum is going. Is that what you mean? I was trying to put it in one word, Chris. Come on. I know momentous is well, an actual word. Well, your word, word sucked. <laughs> shut up. Let me have my moment. Okay, so anyways, so perfect example is, you know, the Stars play with great momentum through the entire game, right? So I'm going back to that Florida game. So they're 2 nothing basically the entire game. And then they completely collapse in the last seven minutes, and they let three goals in. In regulation. When you look at this game, it looked like they were going to let in another goal. I, I honestly thought it was going to be 2-1. But Ottinger 
st- he stood on his head and he made a good, good couple of saves after they scored the goal. Now, what I would like the Stars to do better of um, come going forward is that if they are scored on, we need to see more of an energy push from the Stars after they get a goal scored on them. And that's I something that we're that. not we're not seeing from them that we did see in the bubble playoffs. Because that was one of the things that yeah. I loved about the Stars in the bubble playoffs. They would get a goal scored against, and it'd be just like, eh, screw it, whatever. Yeah. And then, like, two minutes later, they go and score the go and score the you know the go-ahead goal. A great example of a team that was doing that fantastically was Florida. Like in every game we played against them, every time there's a goal, there's always they always have a mindset. Even if the, if it's themselves scoring, they're always like, okay, and, now we gotta push. We and gotta we're push. not the we gotta put our foot on their throat. Yeah, and we're not the only ones that they're doing it against. They've done it against other teams. I mean, yeah, they're that's why they're that's why they've been great this season. Yeah, they, they figured out some some mental switch to flick whenever they need to get that little bit of extra energy after a goal because the the one minute after a goal can really cause a huge momentum swing and like that's something that pretty much all hockey personal personalities talk about how that one minute after the goal can really determine how the 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 time till the next goal is going to go so I, I think if we can figure out how to turn that on like you said after we get scored on or we score i think we're, we're better at it when we score because we talk about how stars can score in bunches so it's easier for us to get the momentum going after we score, but when we get scored on, we need to find a way to to counterattack rather than just trying to absorb the punches. Well, and it seemed like last year we were able to do both, kind of. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Like we were we able to. We were the, during the playoffs. We were able to. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point in the playoffs. We were able to absorb the punches if they were pushing after a goal, and we were fine because we had elite net minding from Dobby. And we had good de- like overall defense around him to get the puck out of the way if it got in a danger area. And then on the flip side, we were also able to respond with some offense when that those sort of things happened. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's hard to get that kind of intensity, though, in a regular season game when you're playing four games a week. So I totally get that, but Florida's finding a way to do it, and that's why they're so good. So we, we need to find – I definitely agree with that momentous idea Ryan <laughs> right okay so alright so I know nobody can see us on the radio but have you seen that picture yes I've seen that picture <laughs> so okay uh, sorry I was looking on Twitter for specific things and uh, so last game it or it was uh, the Thursday game it was Jamie Ben's 700th point right and all the all the rage on Twitter was about uh, Blake Como and, and his basically a speedo and then uh this is a picture that the stars put up on of Rhett Gardner's first career point congratulations to Rhett Gardner but there's another player in a speedo go figure <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not on board with this trend I, I, I do not I, need the, their, their thighs blessing my feet right and then all, <laughs> this and is you know, not something I require all the ladies around <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> If you haven't seen the star social media, you have no idea what we're talking about. Go look Just, at it. Go figure it out. Go look at it. Oh, it's it's, so, it's, it's gross. Oh, it's hilarious. Don't so, zoom in either. Don't zoom in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So here's the other thing about that is uh, it, a lot of people are saying that they, that that should just start becoming a trend for the stars, and they're just like, please no. All all the guys around yeah. the world are like, please no, and all the ladies are like, yes, please. So, anyways, okay, sorry, that was random, but um, 
I, I even forgot what we were talking about, Chris. What were we talking about before that? I have no idea. You Sunday. surprised me. With I the... know. Sorry. <laughs> I surprised you with things it. I don't want to see. <laughs> but we can go ahead. We can move on from from the the post game reactions from this weekend if we want. We can start talking about the, this goalie, this goalie controversy going on with the Stars. Goalie. So we already kind of took. We we kind of took took a look at the short term controversy that we got going on, like who should be playing Otter and Dobby. Obviously, Ryan thinks Otter should be 100% all the way already, and he's done for that, but whatever. But over the next about three years, we're going to have some interesting decisions. So I got a lot of this uh, information I'm about to drop on you all from thehockeywriters.com, from Sam Nestler. Nestler? Nestler. But anyway, he kind of breaks down the three goalies that the stars have and what's going on with it. So, so first we're going to, we're just going to give you some, uh, some exposition real quick. So first of all, obviously we have Ben Bishop. He's pretty much been in Vesna talks all three seasons. He, all three seasons he's been with the stars, but he's also pretty much been injured at all three seasons. He's been with the stars. So that's an issue. I think it's, so this is just a take real quick. I think it's worth having that potential for great goaltending and him being injured, I think that's worth it. So I, I think he's definitely a guy that we should be keeping, maybe re-signing if uh, Otter doesn't work out. But anyway, I like Ben Bishop. I think he's definitely our number one goalie, especially now that Dobby's not doing great. So yeah, and he's signed till 2023. And after that, he'll become an unrestricted free agent. The next, obviously, we have Anton Hudobin. We all know how that went down. Great playoffs. He, he was a decent... He, he was a great backup last season during the regular season as well, and he's just been decent overall for the Stars. The, the best backup I think we've had in a long time, actually. Uh, I, honestly, probably. the best backup since Mike Smith. Since Mike probably Smith Mike backed Smith. up yeah. Marty Turco. That's what I was thinking. But, yeah, he, he he's obviously been fantastic for us. Got a big pay increase. He's also signed until 2023. After 2023, he will also become an unrestricted free agent. So that's the same year as Ben Bishop. Both of them signed till 2023. And then we got Otter, who uh, he signed his deal two years ago for a three-year entry-level deal. So he signed until 2022, where he'll, where he'll become a restricted free agent. So that means we're more than likely to sign him. Uh, so we talked a lot about expansion. So Bishop will have to be saved during the expansion draft because he has that new movement clause. And Otter is not eligible because he hasn't played enough NHL games. So he would be protected from expansion too, which would leave Dobby open if if that's uh, something that Seattle wants to do. But we'll get into that a little bit more too. But he signed until 2022. He's a restricted free agent. Obviously, he's come up here a lot sooner than some people would have liked. I think he was more than ready to start playing here but a, a lot of people were hoping that he would stay in texas until his 2020 deal was up and that's kind of what uh what who wrote this article that's what sam thought sam thinks that otter even after this season should should kind of stay down in texas and build up his game from there so i kind of want to get your take ryan what does the goalie situation look like after 2023 when bishop's contract runs out and Hudobin's contract runs out. I'll, I'll tell you what, because I think I'm going to go even before that. Can I say for next season? Yeah, go for next season. Do it. So for next season, uh, 
this is my hot take, and this is what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be Bishop and uh, Ottinger next year as our tandem. And here's the reason why. Uh, some people are saying, oh, we should do a, a, a three-goalie rotation. That's obviously been proven that that That's doesn't stupid. work. That's, That's absolutely dumb. stupid. And we, in the most recent example of that is the Rangers. When you had Lundqvist, the veteran, Georgiev, the good goal, Ooh, the good young goaltender, who said that? and <laughs> uh, and then Shesterkin, who is a really good young player. And th- that didn't work at all. Like between the three of them, it it did not work. So the other thing is is that. You have to look ahead to the Seattle expansion draft, right? And I think it comes down to two players when it, for the Stars. And out of those two players, one is Jamie Alexiak, and the other is Anton Hudobin. Now, Anton Hudobin, for an expansion team, will probably be a decent starting number one goaltender for a first-year expansion team. And I could see that. Because it's only for a couple of years, so it, he he wouldn't be there for a long term, and that's exactly what they want him for. Um, he's proven that he can be a good goaltender, especially when called upon to be the number one when your number one is really hurt. If there's uh, no other options for a number one for the Seattle Kraken, and uh, I just don't see how we can keep all three, regardless of the expansion draft. So. What I think happens is I think that uh, he gets traded this off season probably is my is my best guess, and uh, then Ottinger re rejoins the Stars for the beginning of next season. Yeah, I I don't know how, but I think you've kind of read my mind. I would agree with that. I think he's either he's either kept on this off season as a expansion draft bait, and you hope that they take. Hudobin over Dickinson, or uh, or he's traded after this season. He, maybe he's traded for expansion draft bait, or maybe he's just traded straight up for another depth player or something. But I think I think definitely Hudobin's contract is not worth keeping when you see how good Otter already is. And I think having Otter play these games and play as good as he's been, and then as soon as Bishop comes back, you just send him back down to the AHL for, for two more full seasons, I think is is kind of a ridiculous thing to say. Because, like, right, like, y- you can say, he, oh, he's going to get better down there, but, like, you, we don't know that. Like, AHL hockey is obviously different from, from NHL hockey. Players who come up always say that. They're, they say there's a different intensity. Guys are bigger. They skate faster. They hit harder. They shoot harder. They shoot faster. <laughs> They're harder to look around. So there's obviously a difference, and I think right now we're we're literally watching Otter figure those things out. Like in the beginning of the season, we're talking about oh he's terrible at looking around screens and stuff. He started figuring that stuff out. Really oh, he's quick. He's terrible at holding on to yeah he's he's terrible at holding on to rebounds. He's figuring some of that stuff out too. So whoop well, whoops. <laughs> but anyway, I think sending him back down to the AHL he he won't get he won't get good as. as as fast as people think or as well as people think like he won't i think he's at a ceiling for the ahl i don't think he can get any better than he is playing in ahl games and i think that's detrimental to our other goalie prospects too 
Like, because if you want Otter to get better, you have to, like, test him out as being a starting goaltender. Because if you're playing him in the AHL until 2022, you're banking on Bishop's gone, Otter's the guy. So if you're banking on that, then he's got to play pretty much every night. So you're taking starts away from other goalies who, who could be our next guy that we just don't know about. I don't think that's good for our goalie prospect depth. I don't think it's good for Otter. And I think... I think Dobby had a great season last season. I think that's a career season for him, and that's a great thing for him to hang his hat on. But I don't think that's something that we can expect, and I don't think it's something that we should rely on going into these next two seasons. I don't think it should be the one-two punch of Dobby and Bishop. I think we should hope that Bishop can stay healthy enough for us to get a cup run. Because I think that is really when we're going to have the best chance to win a Stanley Cup is Bishop is healthy from the first game until we're holding the Stanley Cup. If that ever happens in a season, I think we're like a favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Like if that that would be amazing. And with Otter just backing him up for those seasons, he'd get plenty of plenty of reps there, especially if he gets injured cuz like I don't think Bishop's going to last 3 seasons without getting injured again, honestly. So he'll get those reps there. I think Landon Bow's good enough to be a uh, once-a-week backup. Um, and I think just expecting Otter to go straight from AHL to being the starting goalie after 2023, which I think is likely. I think after 2023, we're not going to have Ben Bishop. I think Otter's going to be the guy. I think trying to get him to go straight from AHL to number one goalie in the NHL is kind of foolish. Yeah, that's a lot to unpack. Uh I don't even know where to start with that. Um, The one thing I would be really scared about with Ottinger is what if he's what if he's not really the real deal? Like, what if he's not the the guy that we hope and we expect him to be? So we let well, that's what that's what that's what we're looking at right now, though, right? Right, but even but this is a different year, and you could argue that this is a different year because uh, because of the schedule that the way that it is. Uh, I mean, the circumstances surrounding every single team in the NHL right now where just about everybody has somebody hurt, and I don't know. But I, I don't... I mean, I, I think... I don't only, know the right answer to the this, The only way honestly. you can say... Yeah. I think the only way you can say he's not getting, like, quality reps right now is, is like, saying that this isn't pure NHL caliber hockey i think that's not true i think we're definitely seeing a good nhl product out there especially right now since we're getting into full swing i mean it took a good two to three weeks maybe to get it going but this is nhl hockey like it might be a little tired nhl hockey but like this is nhl caliber hockey and he's standing up to a great i mean if he like all of a sudden just falls off the map after we've already traded dobby like that's obviously a risk you have to take like you never know if the guy's gonna do that but from looking at him right now, he's ready to play in the NHL. Like from these games, he is an NHL goaltender right now, and is definitely good enough to be a backup. And like we're we're talking about right now, he's he might be good enough to be the starter over Dobby. So I think sending him down to the AHL is, is just a dumb thing to do. And when we have Dobby and Bishop locked down for twenty twenty three, I I don't see how both of them stay that long unless we're unless we're trading Otter. Which I also think is a bad deal. The, the, bad that idea. okay, Otter is not on the table. If I'm Jim Neal, Otter is 100 percent yeah. not on the table. I would agree. All. I think he's. I think he's the future of the Dallas Stars. I think he's going to be the starter in 2024 at least. 
like at minimum. So I, I think he's probably the best prospect right now for the stars and he should be held on to. And that's why we should get rid of either Hudobin or Bishop and let him, let him <laughs> have a chance in the NHL. Right. Like I said, he's not going to be getting any better in the NHL. So, he's already too good for that. So here's the deal with, uh, with Jake Gottinger and why I'm a little scared to pull, bring him up in the, to the NHL. Like for, to be the like the guy right now, right, or, or right in the ne- now, in the next couple but... years, in the next couple years. Okay, so if we look you're at about after Bishop, or you're talking about before Bishop, and when you're saying it, next kinda, couple kinda, years, kind of like handing off the Olympic torch. So maybe kind of in between, where okay. it, it starts like maybe 70-30, 70-30, and then it fits fifty fifty, and then Ottinger takes over, and then Bishop retires or leaves or something. Um, that. When I think about other young goaltenders in the NHL that are doing really well, I don't know if I put Jake Ottinger in that same category as these goaltenders. Here's some of the goaltenders I'm thinking of right now. So, Thatcher Demko in Vancouver. I don't know if he's mm. in the same in the same category. He has not been. Mackenzie Blackwood. I don't know if I would put him in the same category as Mackenzie Blackwood of New Jersey. Uh, Carter Hart. I would definitely not put him in the same category as Carter Hart. Now, two of those three guys are the starter for their team right now. And uh, they've proven that. Um, Mackenzie Blackwood has proven that he's the starter. They got Corey Crawford to back him up, but then things happened uh, with Corey Crawford. And then uh, Carter Hart is is undisputed number one goaltender, and he's one of the top ten goaltenders in the league, and he's young. He's 23-24. Um, and then the only one that I would say that might be kind of iffy about if it's his job or not, although he's played well uh, in the past couple weeks or so, is Thatcher Demko. And yeah. they've he's kind of split the starts with Brian Holtby up there in Vancouver uh, 50-50. So I don't know if I would put Jake Ottinger in that same category, especially as those three goaltenders. Maybe Thatcher Demko. Well, but Thatcher Demko was already an NHL goaltender last year, and he was already projected to make the NHL roster, and Jake Ottinger wasn't. So my, I guess my question to you is, do you think that Jake Ottinger has the same and, – and and do it quick because we got like about four and a half minutes left. Um, do you think he has the same NHL potential as those three guys? I absolutely do. I think the difference is, is... – the amount of starts he's had. I mean, Carter Hart... So, so, first of all, the first two guys you said, Ottinger is like two years younger than both of them. Carter Hart and uh, and Ottinger are both the same age. They're both 22. But, again, like you said, Carter Hart has been relied on as the guy. Like, he's getting pretty much every start right now, right? So... 70% of them, I, I would bet. I, I haven't yeah, followed Philadelphia I feel like, very well this year. I feel like if Ottinger had as many starts as Carter Hart, it, he would at least be in that conversation. Cause that like right now it's fifty fifty, like isn't it like between starts for the stars goalie? It's got to be around fifty fifty. Right? I, I think Dobby started fourteen and Ottinger started ten or eleven, something like that. Yeah, so I, I think if Ottinger starts as many games as these big names have been, that he, he would be in that conversation too. I don't think he should be starting that many games right now. Like I mean, same reason why why we we thought Haskinen was snubbed from Calder. Like he didn't play thirty minutes like some of these other kids did, and he didn't he didn't get 
all the time. He wasn't the guy on the first power play unit. He was the guy on the second power play unit just because we had a clinger. So I think it's kind of the same thing. Like, it's a good thing that he doesn't have to play that much because it means we have depth in that spot. But if he was playing that much, I feel like he'd be in the same the same spot as those guys. Maybe not as good as Carter Hart because Carter Hart, obviously, he's been fantastic. But I think he definitely has the potential to be up there with those guys. So even Thatcher Demko, who had an excellent postseason, especially, oh, especially that Demko has has been he's been pretty, pretty rough. Pre- pretty this not season. good. This 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 yeah. uh, regular season has been pretty rough. Yeah, I think so. Demko had a good series. I think he's going to be out of the league come next season. You really think so? Hot take. I, yeah. I don't think so. But uh, honestly, so I. I'm going to summarize my whole spiel healer because I thought this conversation was super interesting. I think Dobie either is picked up by expansion, which I think is less likely, or he's traded this offseason, which I think is more likely. And we go Bishop, Otter, until 2023 when Bishop becomes goalie, or when Bishop's contract runs up, and then I, then I think Otter's the guy. So I think we're both on the same page there. Well... You know, it 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 actually is a good thing that this that we're talking about this because it means that we have depth at that position, right? Kind of a good thing. Yeah, we got depth. We got you, you, we can get something from from Dobby. I mean, let's not let's not forget about that. Well, goalies don't fetch as much on the trade market as you think. So, um, hey. I, I really don't think we would get much for Dobby if we did. Okay, all right, we got to wrap this up because we got about a minute and a half. Um, anything you want to say, uh, stars related or non-stars related to wrap this up? Uh, three out of four points is good. We have to play lightning. That's bad. Let's beat lightning and then beat red wings and go four in a row. That'd be good. (laughs) Good job, Chris. I'm proud of you. Thank you. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, we will catch you guys again on Sunday at 9 o'clock Central, 10 Eastern, right here on uh, 365 Sportscast Radio Network. Thank you guys for listening. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at StarcasticR or also on Instagram at Starcastic Remarks Podcast. Like us on Facebook and also subscribe to our YouTube channel where we put all of our stuff. Um, we have a podcast that we do pretty much every after every Stars game, you can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, YouTube, uh, anywhere. Stitcher, Google Podcasts, whatever. Um, so go check us out there. And we're on uh, Stitcher? Yeah, we're on Stitcher, yeah. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And coming up next is Buried Treasures here on the 365 Sportscast Radio Network. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys next week.